Neighbours, the Neighbours Recap Podcast. I'm Vaya. And I'm Kate. And we are live from the Pirate Net Studios recapping the last five episodes of Neighbours. We had the big 7,000 episode last Friday and we go into episode 7,001. So just uh, recapping the uh, poison pen letter that Tony has received, it said, your wife is not who you think she is. Sonia is a drug addict, gambling addict, alcoholic. Let's remind ourselves that Toadie knows all this stuff about Sonia. And it would have been maybe a revelation to him, maybe what, two, three years ago? Yeah. So someone is dropping truth bombs into Toadie's letterbox. And he doesn't want to tell his wife about these letters either. No, great marriage you've got, guys, after mm. you've, it's just been rocked because we had Naomi hitting on him. Yeah, which she was keeping from her to, you know, spare her feelings. Yeah. Okay, so Toadie, rather than go to the police, he goes to the next best thing, and that is an ex-policeman, and he seeks out Brennan for yep. his advice. Our favourite detective mechanic. Yeah. And also kind of BFFs with Sonia as well. I actually find it quite implausible that Sonia and Brennan would be friends, because, you know, Brennan's an ex-cop, and I know a few cops, they hate criminals. <laughs> <laughs> She's been in trouble with the law. They're the original odd couple. Yeah, yeah. So Brennan asks if anyone's got any grudges against Sonia. Look, there's a shopping list of people who really don't like Sonia, but yeah. that's mainly on the internet. And <laughs> they could have just emailed through yeah. their dodgy notes. <laughs> and I think my favourite part of Monday was Sonia just reminiscing fondly about how they nuded up last week. Just going, oh, remember how we had that great time laughing in the nude with yeah. your colleagues? That was bewildering really because I mean she was laughing at the time but I felt it was a, a legitimate case of PTSD at the time that she was just trying to get through it. <laughs> so Tony then starts creeping on Sonia and asking her about Gamblers Anonymous and are there any mm. shonky gamblers that might be out to get her. And then um, also there was what the, the customer who wasn't paying her and I love how Sonia's just like, yeah, none of my none of my customers pays me on time. What kind of business is she running? <laughs> that that whole nursery is just oh. financed by Toadie's um, law firm. And those kids coming in to have juices. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Oh, and the, the, the council buying a few extra trees. Yes, no one's paying up, mm. so it's a worry. Now we have Daniel, who's moved back out of his car and trashing up Paul's penthouse. He's got undies draped across things. Yeah, and. Paul's line was that, you know, use the dryer, your clothes don't match the Lassiter's flag. <laughs> what is the Lassiter's flag? I'd love like to see it. I need to see it. But frankly, I don't think any kind of, you know, tie-dye caftan is really going to go with anything. No. And I just does the Lassiter's flag, does it fly at half-mast when there's tragedy <laughs> Regularly. On, on the street? <laughs> when the boss gets pushed off the um, veranda, yeah. there you go. <laughs> Have a moment's silence. And then the line of the week. Oh, yeah. So when, you know, when Daniel says... Maybe it's time for the C word. And then we all just like drop our forks yeah. as we're eating dinner. And the elevator chimes. And then Korea. <laughs> <laughs> that is not look of many C words. That's not where I thought he was going. No, no. Look, a little bit suggestive again yeah. for 6.30. Really had the sense of working overtime. Mm. He, so he, he and Amber want to move in together after they've tried so successfully to live out of mm. a car they decided, well, maybe we should try again, but with an actual house this time. Yeah, yeah, because we can afford to do that. And Amber points out, well, look, I'm, st I'm studying for Year 12 right now, so... Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know, maybe just leave it maybe two weeks. Let's sort this out over the summer holidays. Yeah, but no, yeah. we have to move out right now. So Daniel decides, well, I'll get a job. And Paul 
leaps on this as an excellent pet project and says, mm. great, we'll get you a suit. We'll get my own staff to write your resume. Like that's teaching him great life skills. And he's still got his Scooby-Doo haircut as well. <laughs> <laughs> he should have stayed up in Queensland and just done reenactments at Movie World. And yeah, yeah. He yeah. could have worked the Scooby-Doo ride. <laughs> Wouldn't even have to get into costume there. And now Sheila's judging Paul because she mm. thinks he's not letting him be himself. Yeah, he's turning him a bit corporate, a little bit soul-sucking lawyers. So Paul and Dan have this back and forth role play, practicing mm. for a job interview, and Daniel is terrible. And Paul realizes that, and he th- then was it Daniel who came up with the idea of to turn these this very studio that we're yeah. sitting in into a cafe? And I think Paul they kind of come to it together because Paul just goes, "Well, here you can just have Pirate Net," and yeah. Daniel gets excited. Man, I wish he was my uncle. Oh yeah. <laughs> Tell you what, if he was my uncle, I'd be living it. Lasseter's New York. Exactly. <laughs> Look, hey, I'd compromise and live in the Lasseter's, you know, penthouse in Aaronsboro anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the way Daniel was talking about the cafe made me feel it was going to be one of those pay-as-you-feel kind of places with, you know, lentil curries. Oh, and, no. Yeah. Like lentil as anything. Exactly. Exactly. Uh. Which really isn't, you know, much like Sonia's Nursery, probably <laughs> yeah. isn't the best business plan you could come up with. Sonia's Nursery is also pay-as-you-feel. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. not at all. <laughs> So in the, in the next episode, we'll get into Daniel's grand plans for the Pirate Net Studios, yeah. which I'm very nervous about. And just to round off Monday, Josh and Imogen having a juice, keeping Sonia's nursery in business. Mm-hmm. Everybody's hanging out at the nursery because Chris rolls up. Oh, yeah. well, thankfully, not literally. Yeah. Yeah. He hobbles in. <laughs> and now his sick days are coming up at the garage, which is very understandable because he's been off sick for most of this year Yeah, in various injuries. So Josh spots Chris and again gets the guilts and finds out that Chris's sick days are up and he goes, well, I'm going to help this guy not lose his job. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go down to the garage and just volunteer. It's, it's kind of bizarre, really. Why? I just, surely work cover or something. Yeah. I don't, look, I don't, I've never run a small business. And look, I haven't been king hit. <laughs> so <laughs> surely there are ways to yeah. replace an injured employee. Exactly. Well, look, he needs to get Slater and Gordon onto this. Yes. And look, he could get Toadie if Toadie wasn't representing his assailant. Exactly. Yeah. So it's problematic. And I don't know why they can't just replace him. So Josh mm. rolls up and says to Brennan, look, let me help. I've been sneaking in here anyway and sweeping. Why not just let me keep doing that? Now, this to me, just I really question how good a cop, hot cop is, if he doesn't know someone's been in tidying up. You think that of all the things that Brennan pays attention to, you know, a tidy workplace, a place that's tidier than when he left it would be, you know, delight him, really. And who doesn't ask the casuals? So Brennan keeps saying, oh, I thought the casuals were just cleaning up. Why don't you just ask your casual staff, hey, thanks, by the way, for tidying the other day. And by casuals, it's just Christos. Yeah. Chris is like the the assistant manager still. Yeah. How do you not check in with your casuals to see if they've been doing Mm, extra work? mm. And so he says, all right, you can do odd jobs. And then we have this this difficult customer character bit part. Oh, because Brennan's gone off to do something. Was it to talk to Toadie or something? Yes. He's disappeared. That's right. That's why he doesn't notice what's going on in his own garage. He's too busy helping Toadie crack the case of the chain letters. The the phantom. (laughs) The phantom pen. Yes. It's like a babysitter's club mystery. <laughs> Claudia and the phantom pen. But we'd be able to pick out the actual, distinguish the handwriting if it was yes. the babysitter's club. <laughs> Claudia's dyslexic print. Okay. Which leads up to one of the exciting parts of the week. Yep. Where there was um, a stunt involved where Dull Swimmer 
is pushing his broom in the um yep. in the garage because that's all he can do. He can't fix cars. Yeah. Brennan's not even letting him be in a car or move a car. Yeah. So all yeah. he can do is sweep. And really, I don't think he's qualified for much no. more than that. <laughs> oh, look, if you, I could swim, maybe. Yeah. But, you know. Do you want me to swim anywhere? I can um, pick up some spare any, parts. Got any roids I can take? <laughs> um. Then, like, a rude customer came in who wanted to get something out of his car. And oh, he was so rude. He yeah. was so brusque. And um, Josh, because, you know, he toes the line and everything, said, no, no, you can't get into your car. I'm not allowed to. And the guy's yeah. like, well, who are you? Why? Exactly. He's like, I'm not allowed to do anything. Well, why are you here? Why yeah, am I talking yeah. to you? Question we all asked, really. Yes. <laughs> so eventually the guy just gets huffy and storms into his car, grabs his phone, and like an idiot releases the handbrake i don't know how he did that but i'd like to think it was deliberate <laughs> didn't he like release the handbrake and put it into first like he... oh, reversed down didn't it yeah he, look he turned a lot of the car on <laughs> while he jumped in that this leads to one yes. of the more exciting parts of the week Brilliant. which is the the slow moving car rolls backwards and um josh sees it runs up throws himself behind the car and gets squashed by it. Squished between two cars. Now, I, I thought he actually got squished around the hip area. I thought he was never going to be able to walk again. No. That I, looked brutal. I was watching it and asked my husband, who's a physio, I said, that's not good, is it? And he's like, no, no, I think you'd have to go to hospital at that stage. Yeah. <laughs> he could have started his own web series, Between Two Cars. <laughs> it's just him squished in there and passes by, come and do interviews. Um, so then, of course... Uh, we leave Monday with Josh squished. Yeah, and Stark. Yeah. All right, so into Tuesday, we find Josh squished between two cars mm. and Brennan discovering him and somehow unsquishing him. Which, and when he pushed, so Brennan comes in, pushes the car back. Yeah, the with his superhuman mechanic strength. The car stays back. I didn't, I didn't get that because the car had magically rolled yeah. back, which, which to me implies there's a bit of a slope there. And somehow the, the Hulk comes in, pushes the car back, <laughs> and it stays there. Surely if he'd pushed it back, it would have rolled back down exactly. and squished him. Just like, you know, Again. push it forward quick. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> Bang. <laughs> it was, looked like a pretty expensive car that it was about to roll into as well. I know. Well, look, and that's the thing on Neighbours. If it's an expensive car, they're not going to damage it. No. But if, but if you drive a crap heap on Neighbours, that car's going to burn. That's, yeah. And if there's an actor in front of it, they're more likely to damage the actor than the expensive car behind exactly. it. <laughs> Him or her. And so they ship Dull Swimmer off to the hospital. And, of course, Chris is there for his checkup at the same time that Josh is being brought in. Oh, it's another dark day for Aaronsborough Hospital. So Josh has this weak story about how he'd been skateboarding and that's how he... Yeah. crushed all of the bones in his body and george is finding a few holes in his story and for <laughs> georgia to find a few holes in your story yeah. you must know it's, it's just not working yeah and i was actually she probably did most of the examination as a nurse was across all of yeah. that i yeah. don't even think a doctor saw him well look as i just said yeah. another dark day for erinsborough hospital yeah you can be crushed between two vehicles and no that's just a prop that's just a task for the yeah. nurse I'd look, I'd be wanting some sort of, you know, x-ray of my hips, yeah. at least. He didn't even walk out with a crutch or anything, did no, he? No, nothing. Did he break a rib? Bruising. He had bruising. Bruising, yeah. Yeah. So, Josh insists that no one knows that he was at the garage helping and that's why he got injured. Oh. So, he, he was not even telling his parents what happened. And oh. his mum and Therese is like, you don't have a skateboard, you gave it away. And just... Like, <laughs> Pulling his story apart. Yeah, because he sold it to the, the shitbag kid <laughs> who then had an accident himself. Oh. Look, there's there's a precedent for skateboard accidents in Aaron's Dull Swimmer really didn't inherit Terrage's brains no. at all. 
um, which paves the way nicely for a switched at birth storyline down the line somewhere. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Now, Brennan, who, okay, we already know he's not a very good liar because he went undercover a couple of weeks ago and just had... Went, un- went, went undercover as himself. As, he, as himself and never came up with a cover story yeah, to anyone yeah, as to why yeah. he was snooping around yeah. and un- uncovering a jewel thing. That's why he's an ex-cop. Exactly. So he just walks straight into Chris and Nate's place and they have a little good, a good old laugh about how Josh has terribly injured mm. and then Brendan says guys he was at the garage helping you and a car landed on him he was helping you by sweeping which is kind of the only job that poor old brain damaged Christos can do at the moment anyway and, which by the way detective mechanic could just stay back an extra 10 minutes every night and sweep the garage himself so he'd calm love down it. he'd love it he loves cleaning exactly that should be the first thing he does when he comes in <clears> in the morning so Chris is sulking about it and then Nate goes straight to Josh and basically says mate you've got to deal with yourself because mm-hmm. you helping Chris is not about helping Chris. It's about easing your guilt. Exactly. Not cool. Yeah. But then is this the point where Nate did a bit of a 180 on the dull swimmer? Yeah. And suddenly he's turned from being, you know... Um, I'm going to abduct, abduct him in a car and bash him. Yeah, yeah. So you've been quite forgiving. Yeah. Which is nice, but implausible. Yeah. But yeah. I, no, I was, I was happy for it to yeah. go there. And yeah, if yeah. it... God, if it just shut Josh up for a little while and stop oh, him with his bloody guilt trips. Can we please send him to Afghanistan? Yeah. Hey, <laughs> send him to the military. That's, I reckon that'll happen. It'll, it'll toughen oh, him up and it'll a, be like, it'll make a man out of him because there's really nothing else he can do in Aaron's Barrow. That's a great prospect for him. It's going to be like when Bart on The Simpsons went to military school, mm, sorted mm. himself out. Speaking of the Willises, Brad and Tarage are freaking out because they think their son's going to be sued by Christos. And that somehow they will have to provide money for this. But really, if if Christos is suing the dull swimmer, the dull swimmer is, well, broke, unemployed, and lives <laughs> with his parents. He's not getting, a, like, what, 20 bucks yeah. out of him. And he sold all of his valuable swimming medals, so he's got no, yeah. he's got nothing of substance <laughs> to sell. And oh, look, it's nice. Look, to rage is usually raging on something anyway. It's quite nice to actually have a reason attached mm, to mm, it so she's mm. worried about expenses and brad of course trusty brad says don't worry i'll just do some more yoga classes out on the lawn <laughs> how much is he gonna make from yoga classes well look at least an, an airplane ticket to adelaide yeah 80 bucks exactly yeah, yeah. if we need to go to adelaide again i've got us covered doll. maybe maybe he'll find another daughter just to you know be one of his customers now i really liked this story where so brad and therese go to the waterhole and they see lauren and matt who have since rekindled their passion mm-hmm. by going bike riding. Yeah, yeah, which is euphemism. Yeah. Clearly, clearly. If if kick to kick is a euphemism for the mm-hmm. Gabers mm-hmm. having sex, yeah, then yeah. riding a bike is the Turner family sex euphemism. Exactly. So Lauren and Matt are bonding by eating ice cream together. And Brad, it's really bugging him that they're getting along so well, yeah. but he, he can barely suppress his, yeah. his angst about this. And really, I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's maybe just because Lauren's not a harpy. <laughs> yes. Going, <laughs> she, he's, he's latched onto the nearest sane woman mm. and going, hey, you might be a, a nice alternative. <laughs> to my heinous wife. <laughs> Look, I'm secretly hopeful that Ramsey Street will see its first divorce in a oh, while. I'm hanging for a divorce. Yeah, yeah. Like Paul Rebecca style divorce. Um, as a child of divorce, I have quite a sensi- sensible view on divorce. I'm like, mm. guys, if it ain't working, get out of there. It's clearly not working. Look, Brad, it's a free spirit and a bit of a root, right? Yeah. He'll he'll find another woman you know, within five minutes. Yes. Rage will fester on this forever. Mm-hmm. Then Rage 
corners Matt and just says, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm having an ice cream with my wife. What's your mm, problem? Mm. And Therese is like, well, what about all that stuff in her diary about how she imagined her life differently? And if you'd read what I'd read, you wouldn't be having an ice cream with your wife so happily. <laughs> I think we've all imagined our lives differently. Yeah. Imagining your life differently is called having a brain that just yes. keeps ticking. Which does surprise me for Lauren, to yeah. be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, she imagined her life differently from Mount Isa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, yeah. And then Matt says to Tarage, mate, I read the diary and I dealt with it and we're fine. Yeah. So calm down. And mm. then Tarage has this epiphany that she's been taking out all of her insecurities on mm. Lauren mm. instead of realising that her marriage is just miserable. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> It is actually a bit depressing to sit down of an evening and watch two oh. completely incompatible characters oh. just hash it over every night. Oh. And then, of course, she calls Susan because yep. when your life's falling apart... Just yep. ask the woman with the most stable marriage in the street. Yep. <laughs> Give Susan a call. And so we finish up Tuesday with Amber, who's got these... She's moved back oh. in off the street. She's full of the whinges in this oh. episode. And then her new, her brand new, newly discovered half-sister Paige is living mm. with them now. Who's delightful. She's having a great time bonding mm. with Bailey, which I think is really adorable. Yeah. She's making cakes with Bailey and his little girlfriend. It's good to see that the cake making skills are slightly improved on last week too. You just said previous week. You just said cake making, which reminded <gasps> yes, me of yes. you reminded me of Stingray. Oh, we'll go into that later. Neighbors versus zombies, <laughs> cake taking. Yes. So in our bonus podcast this week, which is coming up you can enjoy our recap of Neighbours vs. Zombies featuring the cake taker himself. Mm. Okay, so Bailey and, and Paige are annoying Amber. She's trying to study. Yeah, which is about time. Yeah, but, but, um, She's also week. cracking it about how they, you know, they're being too noisy. But really, you know, Amber could just go back to studying in the Falcon. I'm sure it's just parked in the car park and it was, it was good enough for her last week. That's true. It's like a built-in study room yeah, just yeah. outside. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great idea. So, and then Bailey has this amazing burn where he goes, but no, he tries to make her feel better and says, Amber, it's all right. You don't need good grades to do photography. It's, that's actually quite a legitimate yeah. comment. She should be working on her folio, not worrying yeah. about her, what, her geography marks. Definitely why, P.S. why she's doing geography. How is that helping her? <laughs> Shouldn't she be doing visual arts and. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and art. Maybe psychology to tick off the science box. Yep. So Amber's really offended, but I just found it funny. Mm. Lauren is keeping an eye on Bailey because she doesn't want him to turn back to drinking now that he's been t- turfed out of space camp. My God, that was quickly resolved, wasn't it? His drinking problems. <laughs> I forgot. I kept thinking when yeah. she said his drinking problem, I thought, did Matt have a drinking problem? Oh, no, she's oh, talking no. about a 16-year-old son. Bailey, was he drinking Milo? I don't know. <laughs> Milo's really expensive. I can't keep buying it by the drum. Well, I went through a caterer's pack last week. <laughs> So in order to placate Wingy Amber, uh, Bailey, Alice and Paige head off to the cafe just for a drink there. Um, That's when Paige makes a revelation that um, she used to get into fights with her brother and and thump him. But then at boarding school, she used to thump the other girls, but they deserved it. Yeah, look, she she gets physical and it's um, it's an unusual trait, I must (laughs) say. But 
she's got a punching bag now and that's fine. Yeah, and look, it did feel like it was slightly telegraphing something at that stage when she was talking about all this thumping going yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's okay. Just learning facts about her life. Yeah. So then they, then they run into Brennan and Bailey and, and Alice do all of this amazing science. Like they have mm. all of this space camp knowledge of reading body language because apparently that's how astronauts like yeah. relieve themselves of their sexual oh. urges in space. <laughs> it was really creepy. <laughs> I would have thought that would have been one of the last things you learned at space camp, how to read body language. And, and yeah. also, also they haven't even been to space camp. So what is this on like NASA's website for teenagers yeah. just to go on and read about how astronauts gratify themselves? <laughs> Very important to teenagers, okay. And then Alice then says, you need to use your science skills to reunite your sisters. Oh, that was a reach. Yeah. The episode ends with Amber and Paige tr- doing this attempt at bonding. Yeah doing a bit of workout work at the punching bag. So Paige, despite the fact she's got a comically broken thumb, well, no, not broken thumb, a comically bandaged thumb, somehow squeezed it into some boxing gloves and thought, "Mm, it's a good idea to box with my burnt hand. You'd think someone at Erinsborough Hospital would have said, may want to stay away from boxing for a couple of weeks until your broken thumb heals. I don't think she could even fit her thumb, which is sticking out at a right angle, into a boxing glove. Of course, we have this moment where Amber's spotting Paige and yep. then Paige throws a punch and it lands on Amber's face. Yeah. Kind of, look, it was very kind of Brady Bunch, I felt. <laughs> it was. Oh, my nose. Yeah. <laughs> and we leave Tuesday with Amber's black eye. Everything in your life will be going along smoothly. And then something happens out of the blue. Unfair dismissal. You attempt a homicide. Or you didn't shake hands when you agreed to co-own that second-hand car. And you have to get your affairs in order. But you never did legal studies. So now you need a good lawyer. But you can't really afford one. So you consider someone nearby you can trust. Well, someone nearby. Jared Rebecca Lawyers. No win, no charge. But if you could pay me anyway, that'd be sweet. I might have to go on the dole soon. This is Neighbours, you're with Vaya and Kate. And we're going into Wednesday... And coming up is the arrival of rain. The rains are coming. (laughs) (laughs) Daniel's manky ex-girlfriend from Queensland, and we'll get to her in a moment. Yep. We'll start with Amber, who just got punched and is sitting in the living room with the frozen peas on her face. And then, um, what, her parents come in and their dad cop wants to know what the hell's going on. Yep. And um, basically, Bailey rolled over and lagged. And yes. said, oh, yeah, well, 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 Paige was basically sitting beside him. Oh, yeah, Paige used to thump her brother and thumped the girls she went to school with, which they're kind of, you know, Lauren's looking a bit askance at Matt at this stage. But, mate, she's sitting right beside you and she's got a track record of thumping people. You deserve a thumping right now. Pretty poor form considering they were just bonding over making those nice cakes in exactly. the last episode. Like, he, need, he needs like a Chinese burn, nipple cripple. Look, he needs whatever treatment little brothers get. Yeah. And then a great moment in this episode is when Imogen basically sits down with Amber and tells her to get over it. Like, yeah. she's our sister. We've got to figure this out. She's yeah. just trying to fit in at your house. So that said, this is probably the only occasion where I go, you know what? Yeah, I think it's all right to react to copping a black eye. Yeah. <laughs> you can pout about it for the rest yeah, of the yeah. day. So Imogen drags Amber over to where Paige is lounging by the pool. Yeah. as She's really yeah. making the most of it, living in a house with a pool, by the way. I would too. She's always in that <laughs> pool. So then they basically just call each other out on their issues and it's not really resolved. No. And then... This sister drama is going to last for at least another yeah. month. Which I don't mind. I quite yeah, like yeah. them as 
as subtle rivals. <laughs> All right, so Tarage has another DNM with Susan, and Susan just says, "Look, you need to reconnect with your husband," which I think is Susan mm-hmm. code for "get out of my house and go and talk to your husband." Go find your own damn blue box. <laughs> I'm surprised Susan didn't just reach under her bed and grab the blue box and Ooh. go here. Get out of my house. <laughs> you may want to disinfect this. Yuck. So then Tarage goes home for a little bit of sexy time, oh, but yes. paradoxically. She covered up her boobs for sexy time, whereas yeah. normally they're like pretty much on display. Yeah. It's just a new technique she's trying, yeah. you know. <laughs> Being a bit coy. Just concealment. And so she's in her, her sexy silky robe mm. and she's scheduled some sex time and Brad comes home sweaty from the gym or whatever yeah. he was doing. I don't think she actually scheduled it with him. It was just with herself. Yeah, she made her own time for it. <laughs> and he comes home and she's about to disrobe and Brad shuts it down. Yeah. He's like, I'm gross. And also, I don't really want to he, he do was, anything with you. He's probably a bit tired from the gym down at Dingo's. That's when Tarage calls herself the new Beth. She's like, oh, yes, I'm the new Beth. You cheated on Beth with me and mm. you're going to cheat on me with Lauren. What goes around comes around, Rage. Which, okay, it's probably going to happen, but, yeah. you know, don't say it. If someone cheats with you, they'll cheat on you. Don't plant the idea in his head. Mm. But then didn't Rage say to Brad, we need to do what Imogen does with her study schedule and make an alone time schedule for ourselves. Oh, would, would anything make your genitals shrivel more <laughs> than the mention of your teenage daughter Yuck. and sex scheduling? It's, oh, it's gross. Nothing says romance like an Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> and Brad again is like, nah, not into it. And if we finish off Wednesday with Daniel's plans for these here Pirate Net Studios. Yes, yes. So he's interrupted Paul's meeting to present him with a mason jar mug. <laughs> really? Look, mate, that's, oh, that's a little bit, I don't know, two years ago. They need to get some hay, hay bales down and <laughs> a few milk crates. Oh, what about some chalkboard paint? Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> it's like Daniel just found Pinterest. Exactly. That's pretty suburban. But then again, you know, it is a suburban bar. Maybe mason jars are just only hitting Erinsborough. Yeah, it took two years. But <laughs> you get your cocktails in jars. But then yeah. he also talks about um, getting a food truck to come out to the bar, which really, I didn't think food trucks went beyond, say, 10Ks from the city. I, don't, I didn't think food trucks went to restaurants. Uh, no, that's a like, good point. to hang yeah. out. Like, it's right next to the waterhole. Why yeah. would you be exactly going to a place where people are already being fed? Exactly, <laughs> with the competition. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so, some of Daniel's great ideas for this bar are Monday night drumming sessions. Awesome. That just sounds... Who wants to hang out while someone's drumming? It'll just be Carl. <laughs> like, he'll be there. And an open mic night. Oh, that sounds like fun. And... Oh, and the food truck he called a jerk van. Oh, yes. Which... Um, Look, I knew because I'm a bit of a you know, inner city hipster what a, yeah. a jerk van would be, but it does sound like a little bit sex offenderish. I Look, it didn't immediately come to mind what a jerk van was, but it doesn't... To me, it's not out of place in Erinsborough. <laughs> Turns out he's talking about chicken. Jerked chicken. Yeah. And even Paul recoils a little bit when he mentions the jerk van. He's like, oh, God, what have I funded? I think I was safer funding the international diamond smuggling operation. Does make me think a little bit boogie nights. <laughs> and then the, the climax of the week, in comes 
Rain. Oh, yes. Rain, ex-girlfriend of um, Daniel and also the holder of his other tattoo. Yes, they have matching tattoos. And when last we heard of Rain, um, Amber and Daniel were arguing about her while trapped in their car in the storm. Oh, yeah. Because he really loved her and had a reckless tattoo of her and she broke his heart. Oh, my God. He has an ex-girlfriend. That's just unacceptable. Yeah, Amber was screaming at him going... You will never mention her again. I'm like, well, that's going to limit your conversation. Uh, mate, he knows your ex-boyfriend. He's that a-hole who lives across the street. Yeah. So, and maybe if you talked about it more, you could become at peace with it. Yeah. But yeah. no. Now, Rain comes in and she is dressed like a like she's from the 90s. Yeah, 90s um, Byron Bay. Yeah. Well. So. It's all tie-dye midriffs and. Belly, kind of, belly ring. Oh, those Thai fisherman pants? Yep, a plait, a manky plait oh, in her it's, hair. It's really manky, that plait. Nose ring as well, I think. I'm looking at the photo of her here. Oh, no, no nose, no ring. nose ring. To be honest, she's actually quite a pretty girl. Oh, she's lovely. And, um, but I think, yeah, she's just dressing like a homeless hippie. Plus, I Which think, is what she is. Plus, I think they've dipped into Sonia's wardrobe and grabbed one oh, of the yes, caftans yes. to put around <laughs> Rain. And um, Rain is temporarily homeless, as she self-described. Now, she's come from Queensland where I th- I can only assume she and Daniel used to live in a cult mm. because it was called Eden and they lived on some land and lived off the land. Exactly. And they didn't wash. It sound- and- Look, it certainly sounded a little bit sinister. Yeah. I can only assume that Scott and Charlene have raised Daniel in a field. But last we saw um, Scott and Charlene, she was a mechanic. He was a journalist. You know, I guess the... The Byron Bay community still have cars to fix. That's true. So, yeah, I mean, combis don't run themselves. Exactly. So maybe it's a it's a it's a mechanics business that specialises in combis. <laughs> I don't know. Page of feel. So then, uh, Rain meets Amber, and Amber is horrified. Oh, yeah. that this ex girlfriend yeah. is in town, and Rain immediately admires Amber. Oh, she's so complimentary, like yeah. bordering on hitting on her. Yeah, you're so beautiful. And admires her black eye, which oh, is yeah. weird. All the colours in it, they're spectacular. Is this some kind of BDSM thing that they're setting up? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Come join our cult. We like bruises. <laughs> so, Rain's coming to Melbourne to build a commune because she yep. misses Daniel that much. But there's a reason why there aren't communes in Melbourne. It's too cold. It's freezing. You can't get around with a big rooftop for, like you know, 11 months of the year at least. And Rain even makes the very astute observation about Melbourne weather while she's walking around and goes, oh, it's beautiful one day and then raining the next. Yeah, Welcome to Melbourne. Exactly. Why is this making you want to live outside here? That's exactly why communes are in Byron Bay in Queensland. Yep. So that takes us into Thursday. As Amber prepares for her irrelevant geography exam, Rain shows us the matching tattoo that she has with Daniel and decides, yeah, I'm going to start my cult again. Which they don't call it a cult. No one's called it a cult. We are inferring that it is a cult. Yes. Oh, look, there is a real touch of the Jonestown about this cult. (laughs) We're learning more and more about Eden and this is going to be New Eden, which in my mind is just Eden Hills. And there'll be a rival cult and it'll be called Anson's. (laughs) (laughs) And New Eden Hills. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be very confusing. Yeah. So Rain has um, made a call to Paul about meeting with the mayor to discuss buying the land that um, Daniel and Amber were squatting on. Yeah, she heard such nice things about the patch of land that they were squatting on that she thought, 
I might put down some roots here. It's just an oval. I mean, it's a bit of mowed lawn. Yep. And so then we have Rain just walking around with a stick, just prodding the soil. Yeah, doing a, a site inspection with, with Paul. <laughs> she's valuing the land. Yeah, she's going, it's very fertile. And then basically says, oh, money's no problem. Like, yeah. Where, what, how does this hippie have so much money? Oh, no, she got an inheritance from her aunt or something like that. Of course. I just thought the cult ripped everyone off. Oh, like, I thought you had to pay... Yeah, pay, the, pay Jews to be in the cult. <laughs> the aunt thinks just the cover story. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, now Paul's very sus on her, mm-hmm. and obviously he doesn't like her because she broke Daniel's heart. And I think I quite like that he's looking out for Daniel. And he look, he's skeptical about Daniel and Amber, but he does want to give them a fair go. Yeah. And so he thinks having Rain around isn't mm. going to be the the best um, for Paul, this relationship. Paul's, Paul's pretty no nonsense as well. Yeah. He, he's not going to stand for having a cult in the neighbourhood. Which brings me to the point that. Surely Paul, as the ex-newspaper um, owner of the Erinsborough News, yep. would have a bit of pull with the owner of the West Borough Star yep. and say, mate, front page story here, Hippie Colt wants to build a commune in our community. On, on council land. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And that would provoke community outrage. Yeah. And look, I do quite, I am quite enjoying all the conversations Paul is having off camera with Scott and Charlene. Yeah, just yeah. so many references. That's nice. And just finding out about how Rain broke Daniel's heart and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But um, Rain's proven herself to actually be a bit of a hard-nosed businesswoman, despite yeah. the midriff tops. Yeah, she's already gotten on the phone to all of her hippie mates from Queensland, and yeah. they're going to come down, and they all had very humorous names, none of which I can remember. No, no. But she's already found out about the zoning of that land. Yes. Amazing. She's probably already been pre-approved by the bank for yeah. a loan. Give that woman a haircut. She'll be running um, Lasseter's Darwin before you know it. Yes. Oh, I'd love to see her come in and go head-to-head with Tarage over, oh, yes, over yes. at Lassiter's. <laughs> then we get to this interesting tidbit where Daniel explains to Amber why, how he and Rain got together and why they broke up. And why they broke up is that she cheated on him, mm, mm. but in Rain's mind, that was having an open relationship. Oh, yeah. So there's a lot of free love here. And cult, Ra- cult, 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 cult. Cold. Rain wanted to have a couple of boyfriends and girlfriends at the same time, mm. and Daniel wasn't down with that because he comes from a stable a, a marriage, so, solid white bread family. Scott and Charlene, and he wants what they have. He doesn't want to mess around with everyone else in the cult. Yeah, yeah. Now, is this the point where um, he threw something into the Lasseter's Lake? Yeah. So that what was that? That padlock bridge that I think oh, Callum yes. set up. Yeah. Which I didn't think had been very successful. Frankly, it's an eyesore. Look, that lake is disgusting. There's already people's wedding rings in there. Um, various right prescription CDs. Yep. And now padlocks. Uh, keys. So keys. you lock, put the lock on the bridge and then toss the key into the lake. Yeah. Look, which is, must be terrible for the local ecosystem. Exactly. <laughs> How did he have a key and a lock with him? Because it seemed like a very spontaneous gesture going, I'm going to yeah. show you my love, Amber, and my commitment to you despite the fact that I've already proposed to you, here is this padlock that I produce and oh, key. Oh, that's what, yeah. So the bit that, to me was, if I was Amber, I'd just say, you know what? How about you just cut out that t- tattoo and chuck it in for the eels in the lake? Yuck! <laughs> yeah, because no... pound of flesh? Surely Paul can afford to spot for a laser removal of the exactly. tattoo. Oh, and I wish I'd noted what the tattoo said. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. something tedious. Some thing. It was like four, four words. letters. Four yeah. words or something? Oh, yeah, like, yeah. peace, joy... Love herpes. <laughs> <laughs> they just call it, tell yeah, it like yeah. it is over at the commune. <laughs> okay, so I, I really enjoyed that, and I really think they're setting up for a future story that I reckon Rain is gonna 
put the moves right onto Amber and try and seduce oh, yeah. her because look, of her whole free love what, mentality. It's been, been a while since we've had lesbians in the show. Yeah, it's been a while since Lana. So I'm really looking forward to that. That's really going to shake hmm. up Amber's whole foundation. I actually think she'll be so freaked out by that yep. event. Yeah. <laughs> she'll make her turn into a nun or something at that and, stage. And I reckon... Um, Lauren will have some heart-to-hearts with her because didn't Lauren confess? Oh, yeah. oh no, Lauren, Lauren never kissed a girl. Yeah, Lauren's, but she has now. And <laughs> she liked it. Yeah, she can reminisce going, oh, I remember at the hen's night when I kissed, who was it, Sonia? Or, um... Was it Georgia? Anyway, <laughs> we got Someone pashed Lauren and now that's given, that's given Lauren a mm. thrill. All right, so we'll move on from that. Carl's, he's um, discussing with Kyle ways in which he could spend his 7K that he won last week. Then, um... Kyle's in the cafe and he's discussing ways that he can um, increase his cash flow instead of, you know, maybe investing a bit of time into Dialer Kyle. He's going to be making handmade beds. Carl overhears this and then asks him what kind of bed he could make for $7,000. Well, it's really weird, firstly, that Kyle wants to make beds. It's very specific. It's not just household furniture. It's beds. Well, he made what was like a racing car beds for children. But there's a big difference between doing that and making some fancy pants adults bed. There's this great moment where they were talking about beds with Paul and Carl says, oh, how much is your bed? And Paul's like, mine's $10,000. <laughs> it was <And> burn. <laughs> I don't care. And I don't care where it's from because I sleep like a baby. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then, then Carl made some snarky comment about what he, you know, he cries all night and wheeze himself. Yeah. Can work on your insults, Carl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it raised questions for me. What sort of custom accessories would Carl have on his bed? Oh, or can there be like a few kind of... Um, There'd be a harness for yes. sure. <laughs> I don't think Kyle's equipped to do leather work. <laughs> look, he's dialer Kyle. He's multi-talented. He can dial that in. <laughs> and look, Susan was a bloody crack up in this episode because Carl swans around and says, how am I going to spend my 7K? So this 7K he won last week in the yeah, 7,000 yeah. episode when yeah. he won the scratchy ticket. And Susan is already over it. She's like, yeah. just spend the money. Yeah, yeah. Carl, I don't care. You're a Scrooge. Just spend the money. Yeah, yeah. And so then he nips down to um, Sonia's juice bar slash nursery and says, <laughs> oh, um, do you have any landscaping experience? Because I'd like to re-landscape my garden and I want to spend a lot of money on it. And true to Sonia's nursery, experience does not matter. Because no. she's like, i got plants, i got hands, I can plant plants in your garden. I know. I like her attitude, but really she is incompetent. No, like outsource yeah. that, mate. Yeah. But really 7K is not going far at all <laughs> when it comes to landscaping. What, he's such an idiot. Why has he commissioned two separate businesses to spend his money? Who are basically in-laws to each other as well. Yeah. Yeah. But So he's got this expensive bed, no expense bed, sex mm. bed, and, you know, brand new decked out garden. Has he not done any maths in his head about what seven thousand dollars is? The man, buy? the man's only the, the most talented doctor in Erinsborough. He's no mathematician. And how much is a doctor's salary? Because isn't seven k just like a weekly wage for him, or at least a monthly wage? Look, he does work in the public health system. Oh. But, but he you his... know, he'd have to be on what one hundred and fifty, two hundred k a year, something like that. He had a private practice for a while. You'd think seven k, mm. mm. he could just dip into that into his savings account. And sort out yeah, the bed yeah. and the garden. Look, frankly, what I would have done with the seven K that was essentially a prize that was what well, was a gift from my son. Yeah, I would have used that seven K to fly my wife and I to England to meet our new grandchild when she's born, and maybe go and help out while she's at the very end of her yeah. pregnancy. If if I had given my dad a scratchy and I lived over there, I would have been like, "Oh, great, you're going to come and visit us." And that's probably what Malcolm was thinking when he bought the ticket. Mm. He thought, "Well, they're not going to move here. Let's try and help to see if we can help fund yeah. their flight." 
possibly not the sex bed, the few plants and whatever various other things he was spending it on. Imagine Malcolm on the phone to Carl when he hears, oh, you won $7,000, what are you going to do? Well, I've got us a new bed, even though we just got one a couple of years ago, yeah. and we're going to get some plants. What the hell? <laughs> like, oh, God, I'm glad they're not going to live with us. Then Susan's getting involved. She's got to shut it down because he's spending money left, right, and centre. Mm. And Susan... The, this Your line of the week was coming oh, up, wasn't it? This was my highlight. Susan confronts Carl and says... What the hell are you doing? You're commissioning landscape gardening. You're ruining small businesses who have already bought materials to do all of this ridiculous stuff you want done. And now he's eyeing off Bailey's telescope because he wants to buy that as well. That was weird. Oh, what kind of telescope would seven grand buy? Really? Go to National Geographic and ask them. Oh, get on the internet. Yes. Don't bother this poor kid. And then Susan says... If you don't sort this out, I'm going to go into our savings account, withdraw $7,000 and donate it to the Greens. <laughs> or that it's Dick and Eats Craw. <laughs> Which it does not sit well with our beloved right-wing Carl. No, no. But Suze does look strike me as a Greens voter, to be honest. Yeah. Definitely. And uh, the look on his face when she threatened to donate the money to the Greens was beautiful. <laughs> Classic. After she's done that, um, she then sees Carl and Sonia, who have have worked out that Carl's wanting to spend all his money at both businesses. And um, Susan rains on their parade and says, no, he won't be spending the money on that. (laughs) It's harsh, but, you know, I'd probably say it about my husband anyway. Sonia was so excited. Like, she hasn't had a sale this big in months at the nursery. Yeah, well, not since the tornado, at least. (laughs) She was really excited. She's probably bought turf. And she's all like, but I worked on that last night. You're, mate, you're running a business. Yeah, what did you do? You jot, jotted some notes down. Yeah, yeah. You can use them for the next customer that walks in. Exactly. And then we finish up Thursday with, okay, the build-up to Halloween. So Sonia's making Halloween treats and they're really disappointing. Mm, mm. They're eggs and carrots. Yes. <laughs> And, and Toadie is quite disappointed by this. Yeah, I mean, he's fallen off the light and easy wagon. <laughs> yeah. And for, which for some reason is now an issue for them. So Sonia's got to hide the real Halloween treats yeah, yeah. from Toadie. I didn't realise he was watching his weight at the moment. Well, look, we saw him naked a couple of weeks ago. And Maybe that's what did it. Yeah, Sonia yeah. just went... It's just, oh, my stomach's turned. Actually, being naked in broad daylight has really revealed some home truths about how we're living, <laughs> our lifestyle. <laughs> I'm putting the Kit Kats away. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it turns out that the healthy treats are just for the adults in the house. Yep. And she has hidden the treats somewhere in the house for the children trick-or-treaters. Yeah, they've gone full American on this Halloween and they've baked brownies. Yeah. Which she's Oh, well, you hidden. know, with her um, horticultural past, you never know what's going into those brownies. <laughs> she must have that brownie recipe down pat. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> this is my special recipe. These are fantastic. I've been using it for years. I've just had to omit one key ingredient. <laughs> so um, she's called away for something. So then Toadie decides to search the house to find oh, yeah. said treats. Yeah, Georgia is trying on Nell's Halloween costume. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. That was cute. Toadie, whilst trying to find the brownies, finds another mysterious truth bomb letter to him about Sonia, which is priceless. And it says... Mm. Your wife broke her sister's arm. Yeah, duh. Man, he's met the sister. The sister yeah. was pretty upset about it. Yeah. It, yeah. it was a whole storyline a couple of years ago. Yeah. We're across it. So then Toadie goes back and finds Brennan. He and Brennan really decide, you know what, we've got to sort, sort out these Gamblers Anonymous yeah. dudes. Yeah. Call the head Gamblers Anonymous guy He's and a, bring him down here. Yeah, a bit of a tubby dude himself. He 
was brilliantly cast. He fit the profile. It was like they <laughs> were watching GA commercials on television. Exactly. And he was the yeah, poster yeah. boy. He's been robbing his kids' piggy bank. Yes. <laughs> he was awesome. Um, so the shonky gambler comes down to the waterhole and then finds out that they just want him to dish dirt on and yeah, all he, the gamblers. He, he delivered his own truth bomb by saying, well, actually, the A stands for anonymous, and I'm not going to talk about the other people in the group. And then my favourite bit was when he goes, and if I'd realised this on the phone, I wouldn't have come down here. So, it always makes me wonder what they actually told him on the phone. Like, how did that conversation oh, go? Mate, mate, do you want to catch up for a beer in the pokies down at Lassiter's? Like so, he's got this guy's number probably out of Sonia's phone. And Maybe then, it was out of Sonia's journal. Yeah, and then says to him, "We need to have a chat about my wife, who knows you from GA. Mm. Can you come to the pub?" And this guy didn't need any more information. He just went straight down. Yeah, there. and bring your members list. <laughs> I love that guy. I hope we see more of that guy. I liked him. <laughs> And this is a great moment where he just leaves them for dust. And so Brennan, ex-cop Brennan, is like, oh, I can't believe that didn't go better. Why didn't that gambler guy tell us all of their secrets? Maybe we'll just do a stakeout. <laughs> and then Sonia um, comes up to Brennan at his letterbox and he's discovered a um, mysterious letter in his letterbox, which he's opened. And he's all kind of, you know, mouth agape at, at whatever revelation it was and we know it's from the chain mailer the truth bomber because it's in a very nice red envelope it's like this guy it's like the scarlet this, letter yeah it's like this um stalker went down to kiki k and got yeah. really nice matching envelopes yeah. for all of the probably some washi tape as well <laughs> oh and i'm brett bowman on twitter said i wish they'd chosen a more sinister font which i agree with it's like the first font that's come up is Arial, and yeah, they've yeah. gone with that yeah yeah I would have liked some magazine letters cut out. Or you know, like, classic. A, is it chiller font or something like that, where it's all kind of dripping letters? Yeah. <laughs> some papyrus, anything. Oh, not papyrus. Not papyrus, no. it's gross. <laughs> and it's not very legible. <laughs> that is actually my most, most hated font. Yeah, it's really gross. Ever. Yeah. So while Brennan's looking at this letter, Sonia's like, oh no, is it another bill? Like, how boring yeah. is their neighbourhood chat? <laughs> oh, holy crap, I'd just shut that down immediately. I'd be like, oh... Look, sorry, gotta go. He's like, yeah, it's the electricity bill. He's the worst. Because they come in red envelopes. Man, pay some bills if you get if if Sonia's bills come in red envelopes, she needs to have a good long hard look at herself. He's the worst policeman. I'm so glad he's a mechanic now because he can't even lie about a piece of paper that he's holding properly. He can't even work out whose cleanies bloody garage. Into Friday. Episode 7005, we're left with Toadie and Brennan still wondering who's sending these mysterious notes. Yeah, Scooby-Doo's on the case. <laughs> he could be um, He could be the really... Who's the attractive guy from Scooby-Doo? Freddy. Yeah, yeah. Brennan could be Freddy and then Daniel is already shaggy yeah, and then yeah. Bo- Bossy can be Scooby. <laughs> maybe maybe Toadie's Scooby. And then you've got the, the Falcon and they've got the mystery machine. Exactly. <laughs> We're just going to have a sinister villain, which we've already got. The poison yeah, pen letter. Oh, oh Paul, Paul. Paul, of course. Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, you remove the mask and it's Paul It's underneath. always Paul. Yeah. <laughs> again, so they're talking about Naomi again. And mm. I think, do they even call Naomi? Doesn't Brennan keep saying, give Naomi a call, find out if she's harassing you? Well, they work out that the um, there's a postmark on one of the letters from oh. Melbourne. But really... How long is this holiday? Oh, Sheila was my mum sending me off for a month in Hawaii. Fantastic. Well, there's, there's currently molten lava, like flowing through Hawaii so maybe oh, Naomi's yeah. just trapped somewhere <laughs> legitimately this time yes 
and no one knows because Sheila won't give anyone her phone number. <laughs> Sheila won't pay for the flight back. And then it all boils up for Toadie because it's of course it's Halloween and there's a mischievous kid hanging around the letterboxes and Toadie pounces on him and screams at him and the kid's like, oh, I was just going to leave a trick in your letterbox. Oh, yeah. No, no, but it was like, wasn't it like a cherry bomb or something like that? <laughs> it, was, it was like, I was like, you know what? That kid actually does deserve a thumping. Yeah, that, that probably was the kid that did the coward <laughs> yeah. puncher graffiti a few yeah. weeks back. and then Brennan comes over and he's like, mate, yeah, what's, yeah, what's going on? Take a hold of yourself. Thinking, no, that kid. If that kid was going to explain my letterbox, he'd be copying a, a smack around the chops. Also, I know we don't really celebrate Halloween in Australia. Well, some people are really trying to make mm. it a thing. Oh yeah. But this kid didn't even do trick or treating right. <laughs> He's supposed to go knock on the door and ask for chocolate. Yeah, and he was just what in normal clothes. Yeah. So that kid was just vandalising public property for no reason. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And which was weird because. Didn't they make treats for the trick-or-treaters? So yeah, Sonia should yeah. have been standing by with a tray of brownies. Maybe he copped one of Sonia's dodgy brownies. <laughs> I see. This is where I would have wanted the brownie storyline to go if someone did. Maybe Daniel. Daniel would have baked some funny brownies and they got mixed in. He would have loved it. It would have been so great. And then Sheila would have gotten into the, the, the funny brownies. Yeah. I feel we've done that with her before. In her witch's costume. Exactly. I'm happy to see it again. Anytime they want to get Sheila baked, I'm good with it. <laughs> so finally, Toadie does what you, he should have done on Monday, is tell his wife that someone is sending threatening letters. Yeah, And revealing yeah. all of her secrets that aren't secrets. Yeah. All he needed to say was, oh, yeah, someone's sending me letters about, you know, things you've done. Oh, and yeah, what's the next one going to be? Oh, your wife married you and there was an explosion. Yeah. <laughs> your wife runs a nursery. <laughs> She sells plants. And juices. <laughs> then they put that aside for the minute. It's not a big issue because we've got to get to the pumpkin carving. They were doing that pumpkin carving wrong, I thought. Yes, because like, they, they cut like half of the pumpkin yeah, off. They, they gave it like a Frankenstein-esque scar around the top. Plus they didn't even get orange pumpkins. So mm. clearly they filmed this when the Halloween pumpkins weren't in stock. Exactly. So they just had to use the Japanese pumpkins. Mm, mm. And so all the pumpkins were green. They didn't cut them out properly and it was a hot mess. Yeah, it was, definitely. It was. They should have been checking Pinterest. Daniel with his jars should have <laughs> pinned a few pumpkins for them. You know, Nate heads off and Sonia makes the really awkward observation is that Nate is like a nurse to Chris. Like, oh, you guys have such a sweet relationship. He's like your nurse. She's, she's just like one of those horrible women who hang around with your friends, you know, like when you're just starting dating your boyfriend who like just makes awkward little niggling comments yeah. that are just there to rile you. Yeah. That's when Chris reveals to Georgia over the pumpkin carving that he and Nate haven't really been intimate in a little while. Since the last time they played Kick to Kick. Yeah. Georgia offers up all this helpful advice. Get the candles out. And then, well, she goes one step further and brings Kyle over with supplies and they deck out Chris's place for a romantic evening. It, It just wasn't right, was it? No. So there were candles... Rose petals, gerbera petals, because they couldn't find roses. <laughs> Nothing says quality romance like gerberas. And Nate comes in and he thinks, Jesus, this is all looking, you know, pretty hetero here. Yes. I think we're interrupting, um, you know, Kyle and Georgia, the newlyweds, trying to get it on. All right, you know, Christos, let's go out and play some kick to kick. Yeah, which is what happened. So then they go off and play kick to kick. Yeah. Yeah, obviously, euphemism for some sort of pounding. Yeah. But then um, Christos comes in and says, my line of the night... Oh, well, Nate says it, that um, that Christos has improved his ball handling skills. Oh, no. <laughs> That's the level of humour I want to see in Neighbours. Yes, yes. <laughs> Eventually, Chris says, look, I wanted to 
do naughty things today mm. and we haven't done that in a while and because I'm feeling like you're patient. And Nate just says, well, yeah, actually, I'm not into it. I, I haven't felt like it in a while. Well, Nate's, Nate's got some massive psychological issues at mm-hmm. the moment. And Chris has got some big physical issues. Yep. I, look, it's like happy. I mean, I mean, I know they're still in the honeymoon stage of their relationship, but still, maybe it's, it's all right not to do kick to kick so often. Yeah. Just ease yourselves back in. Because <laughs> so we go into Nate and Susan having another one of their really fun counselling sessions in the cafe. And by fun, I mean Nate regaling her with his horrific war stories. There was actually quite a funny moment after this. After their session, Susan goes outside and finds the only piece of litter that's been in Lassiter's ever. The soft drink can on the ground and she has some sort of, you know, flashbacky moment. Flashback to I don't know wash, but she thinks it's some sort of incendiary device. And there was a great, like... (laughs) close-up of her just leaning into the can yes I, got, I took a screen cap of it tickled my fancy she looks very concerned and she feels compelled to pick it up which really could just leave it there for maybe mel to come and pick it up it's a very zany angle yeah for a yeah. very serious moment yeah, it's, it's from the point of view of the can we'll put it on facebook.com slash neighbors podcast i'll put a photo up there so I don't know where that's going to go, mm. but hopefully we, i just want us to meet a counselor a real yeah. counselor i yeah. think the street needs one And we round off the week with Chris looking into a light, a flickering light. Oh, yeah, yeah. And having a seizure. Yeah, that was awful, actually. He, look, I felt he was discharged from hospital far too soon. Yeah. And he'd still have some sort of brain swelling going on. Yeah. We'll find out next week. He'll go back to the hospital, use up even more of his sick leave and his health insurance. Poor guy. And so hopefully soon we'll find out who the anonymous truth bomb Mm. letter writer is. I actually got tweeted by Aussie Gleek 44 saying, what if it's the ghost of D doing the letters? Oh, I'd love it to be the ghost of D. (gasps) Wow. I look, we've been hanging. Everyone wants D to come back. She's awesome. Madeline West is still acting. She's in House Husbands every now and then. Oh, and Underbelly? Yep. Yep. Yes. And Fat Tony. So she's available and she's working. But unfortunately, we had a little glimpse of what could be in Neighbours versus Zombies. Yeah, we'll go into that soon. Yeah, we'll yeah. go into that in a separate <laughs> podcast. But look, the door's there, Madeline. Oh, yeah. Come, Come back. back. Please, please. I'm, look, I'm willing to take a bet now that we won't find out for the next two weeks. Okay. Look, I'm just amazed after all of that didn't come out that Sonia worked on the streets for a while as well. That's the biggest thing. I don't think it'll ever come out. I think it's always just going to be implied. Yeah. That is Neighbours for another week. Thank you for joining us. You can find us at facebook.com slash neighbourspodcast and on Twitter at neighbourspod. Kate, you're on Twitter. I'm at Remude. And I'm at Vaya Pashos. Thanks for having me. That's it. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye. Bye.